200 level. Uh, Mike Carpenter here in the basement. I think it's episode 252. I'm not really sure. I lose track at this point. But it is me with Trevor Belise and Isaac Ambrose. And what we're going to do to make sure we got all the timing right is we'll get started right as this ball is inbounded, which should be any second. Illinois trailing by two at halftime. And all things considered, it could have been a worst first half. There was a lot of, I guess, I don't want to say uncharacteristic because Illinois can get sloppy away from home. Uh, but there were some mistakes, some sloppy mistakes, and Kofi has not been his normal Kofi self, even without Trace Jackson Davis out there. But we are about to get underway in the second half with Isaac Ambrose and Trevor Belise. And guys, like I said, I'll, I'll let you know the exact moment that they inbound the ball as they show the stat up here. Leading scores, Kofi with five, Trace Jackson Davis with zero, what they don't tell. Oh, now they have the minutes listed there. Kofi had 17, Trace Jackson Davis four. Okay, we are about to get underway, fellas. And... Now we are. Okay. 1957 to go. This is DeMonte over to Trent Frazier. And it is the starting lineup back out there. Grandison did not play much of the first half after a rough start. This is Kofi on Trace Jackson Davis. Up and in. There we go. Okay, so I want to go first to Trevor and then to Isaac. Trevor, we were talking before we actually started this podcast about how I don't buy Trace Jackson Davis. I know that he stuffs the stat sheet, and he is a very good player, but he just doesn't scare me. And if anything, I think he will elevate what Kofi does, as we just saw Kofi get active defensively. So the fact that Trace Jackson Davis didn't play much in the first half does not scare me. Uh, I understand why, though, a lot of you know casual fans looking at this game would say, well, this is clearly in favor of Indiana going forward. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think that that's the easy... Uh the easy takeaway on paper is to say, well, Indiana has a two-point lead and their best player didn't play 17 minutes of the half. That's, you know, that's easy. But, you know, I, I would agree with you. Oh, uh, come on, come Plummer on. Yeah! But another rebound from DeMonte. Plummer wants it again from the corner. Up and no good. Grandison almost gets it, but not quite. Ding. So Plummer not really quite hitting. Sorry, Trevor, to interrupt there. That was just a kind of frenetic play. No, oh, wow, okay. Trent. Two good looks for Plummer there, but yeah. Sorry, Trevor, I, I jumped all over you again. No, 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 I thought it was out of bounds on. Anyways, uh, yes, I don't think Trace Jackson Davis being out has as big an impact as you might think. And then I would also counter that with, uh, we saw Isaac Trotter tweeted the shot chart for Indiana, and it was like, I think they were seven for like 17 from mid-range. I mean, that's a lot of mid-range shots where, you know, Illinois is kind of playing that collapse because of Kofi, obviously. So Indiana's taking all these long twos and these runners. I feel like at some point those have to stop falling for Indiana. So a weird first half for sure with the foul tumble and Kofi being a flagrant here, a trip there and all that. But I, I don't do that. All right, so this is Trent Frazier, and he's really heating up. So, Isaac, I want to go to you real quick. We got a tie game 38 all. And I don't know, going forward in this half, the easy thing would be to say that we just need to hit more shots, and I think that's true. But is there anything else that you're looking for that would make you feel better in the second half? I obviously, have Kofi make some more shots, which he started off this half pretty well. And then slow down some of the role-playing guys i know we've already talked about how better without him so i would say slow down some of these role guys and have kofi's gonna get his i'm sure so have your four players be better than their other four players which you haven't really done yet all right so just to let you guys know my internet's not being super great today so i i will not be seeing the twitch feed 
on my computer. So if you guys happen to see anything uh, in that chat thread, just you know, you can throw it out there at any time. But we got 38 all with 1740 to go, and it looks like that was a foul on Kofi. So that is the first on Illinois, and I think that is Kofi's first. Is that right, Trevor? I think only his first. I think he had one in the first half, so I okay, think that's so, his second. All right, I, we can live with that. Don't want to get a third too early here in the second half. All right, so it's tied up, 17-27 to go. This is going to be, oh boy, there's still some guys' names I don't know here. This is Xavier Johnson, I think, and he's taking it down baseline, an easy feed to Trace Jackson Davis, so that's 40-38. to 38. Easy little offensive set there for Indiana. This is a physical game right now. When I say right now, it has been the entire way. I mean, Isaac, apart from the, uh, and there's going to be a moving screen called on Trent. Isaac, apart from the Bo Borowski show early on where you had the missed trip on Trent and then the flagrant on Luke Goody, do you, how do you think, this game is being called so far. Like on one hand, I think there are this many fouls. I mean, there, there might've been a few and actually Indiana might've got screwed on a couple calls as well. Overall though, I think they are letting them play. And I, I don't mind that. I think that's just sort of reading the room and how these two teams would play against one another. I do think that Illinois has gotten lucky on a few calls too. Now the trip slash goody thing was really weird. And it's just, it's been a, it's been an interesting game. I think, Carp, the thing that's so frustrating is as Illini fans, we never feel like we get this sort of treatment at home. But, I mean, they've they've let stuff go both ways. Nice little take from Trent there. Kofi was ready for the putback if need be. 40 all, 16-30 to go, excuse me. So Trent's got 13. He has been phenomenal for Illinois. Other than that, trying to find a guy offensively that's been consistent for them. Hasn't happened yet, and yet here you are. Tied 40 apiece. You know, Trevor, this is just going to be a game that goes down to the last media timeout, so I'm going to try to withhold any super emotional reactions just because I don't think either team is going to create enough space for itself in this game. Yeah, I don't think the the bar can be too high of why don't we have an eight-point lead right now because, I, I mean, this is you're on the road in the Big Ten against a team that I think is like 12-1 and one at home uh, with one weird loss to Michigan in there, and they're the top defense in the Big Ten. So this is going to be one of those games. It's actually higher scoring than I even mm-hmm. uh, thought it might be. And, you know, uh, uh, stupid stuff's going to happen on the road. You just hope that you can overcome enough of it. To win. This is this is a pure uh, win by one and go home situation for me, and I think that should be the case for anyone watching. Isaac, I, I think this would be the best one of the year so far because while Wisconsin was impressive – we knew going in that that was a favorable matchup for Illinois. It has been the last couple of years. So this is an Indiana team that has, they haven't had your number. They haven't beaten you in the last three times, but every single game has gone down to the last minute. So it feels like Indiana's primed to finally break through against Illinois. If you get the one today, I'm, I'm ecstatic. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Just the fact, too, that nobody's really been able to go win on the road. I mean, even Purdue lost at Indiana with basically without Tra- Trace Jackson Davis. And your two big wins this year, which is awesome, come at home. And that's where everybody gets their big wins. So besides the Iowa win on the road, you need another impressive road win. This is DeMonte for a three, up and no good. Grandison can't get to the board in time. So 15.35 to go. And wow, I thought Trent might have been able to snag that. So a nice little 
alley-oop layup for Indiana, 44-40. to I would assume that Jason Benetti is letting you know just how great of an atmosphere it is in Bloomington right now with 15-20 to go. This is Plummer trying to create some space. He gets into the lane. And he, nice little finish there, 44-42. to 42. He's not making threes, but I do like Trevor Howe. He is getting aggressive and going to the line. So all things considered, he, he is still getting his points today. Yeah, he and he and um, Trent are both much more active today than they were uh, in the previous game. And uh, he's one of those guys, again, like he can take 20 shots. I don't really care because I feel like he's going to make 13 or 14 of them. So I, I don't have a huge problem with him. All right, so that uh, even even he's shown the ability to get to the rim too, as as our friend Omar Payne comes in and fouls. So that was a foul, or foul I thought that was out of bounds. That was that a foul? Uh, I thought it was a foul. Isaac, could you I tell? I'm pretty sure it's I'm pretty sure it's out of bounds. Yeah, I thought so too. I mean, trust me, Trevor. I was thinking the same damn thing. <laughs> You know, but I think it was out of bounds. Trace Jackson Davis in Twitch feed again. I apologize that I can't interact too much. I had to kind of keep my bandwidth low down here, but. Uh, maybe Twitch feed, you can let me know and all. Yeah, I'll you're right. It was a turnover. Out of bounds? Out of okay. Bounds. I can see here. I'm basically squinting at my cell phone and what looks like four-point type. All right, real quick, guys. The 200 level brought to you by DP Doe online at dpdoe.com. For all the best deals and prices, dpdoe.com. You can get a custom zone with any topping you want or one of their favorites like the Maui Wowie or the Buffer Zone, and they deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. If you get delivery, be sure to tip your driver well. Roads still aren't great, fellas, uh, but you can stay inside and get a piping hot hell zone delivered to your doorstep. That is dpdo.com. Now, Isaac, you were at the game Wednesday night. Uh, Trevor and I were snowed in, finally got the plow on Friday to get out of here. But um, just talk a little bit about that atmosphere, because my sister had mentioned that despite six or 7,000 people there, there were moments where it might as well have been a sellout. And that, that's pretty cool. Like, I, I really wish I could have been there, but um, I'm happy for those that did make it because it sounded a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, it was. I was expecting what, maybe 1,500, 2,000, just considering how the roads were. Luckily, we were, I was able to ride with my buddy who had a big, you know, Ford 250 or whatever. So it was easy getting there, but it just slowly kept packing up. And I was, I was really surprised. The students showed up a lot too. And I don't know if I've ever seen the shotgun, the mega shotgun in the student section. So I don't know if that was just <laughs> yeah. security being a, security being a little less tight or whatnot, but yeah, slowly people packed in there. And honestly, if you closed your eyes or were just simply staring tunnel vision down at the court, it sounded and felt almost like a sellout. Um, Illinois fans definitely showed up and maybe that's just because Kofi had, that's when it gets the loudest, right? Is when you get like some Trent three or a Kofi poster. So I, I just wish there wasn't that much snow because that place I assume would have been probably sold out and oh, even more electric, but it, it was kind of nice because we we're able to move around. So I got to sit like right at half court and a lot closer than we normally do. But yeah, it was, I was not expecting that. And the fact you're able to get a big win um, and give the, that would have been a long walk home for the, a lot of those students. If you would have taken a tough loss to Brad Davison and the fellas. Yeah, it would have been, and there were moments in that second half where it got within six, and I wasn't worried that they were going to lose, but I just thought, God, you know, we could we could have put them away a little bit earlier. But I tell you what, I, I would face Wisconsin again in the Big Ten tournament. I, I think the matchup is just perfect for Illinois, and I hope that they end up on Wisconsin's side of the, the bracket. I hope, I hope that's how it shakes out because often 
I would be worried, Trevor, about, well, you got the win against a really good team, and the next time they're, they're going to know how to respond. I just don't think Wisconsin has the guys to do so. So if there's one team in the upper echelon of the Big Ten that I would want in the Big Ten tournament, it's them, and it's not even close. Yeah, I, I agree, and I thought you made a good point as we were watching that game. Like, Davison, who's been shooting over 50% from three, goes 0 for 7. He misses that one that was wide open at the end of the half. Then at the start of the second half, I think it was him who had that one that was like, it, it was it was a jump ball, right? Because it just stuck. And I thought you made a good point when you were like, you know, sometimes you can just sort of ostensibly be like, yeah, we're winning this game tonight. And, th- and those two plays seemed yeah. like they were sort of a, like a microcosm of just like, yeah, Wisconsin just doesn't have it tonight. And, you know, that's not, I'm not taking anything away from what Kofi or Illinois did, but that was definitely an off night for Wisconsin. But no, I would not mind being on that side of the bracket at all. And frankly, I saw one um, bracketology where you were the four seed and they were the five seed. So it would be you and them in the four or five matchup in the, in the round of 32 if you both won. And I would not uh, be complaining about that either. No, not at all. All right, so we got a 44-42 Indiana lead with 14.30 to go. That offensive set goes nowhere. And we got something here on the, uh, on the Twitch feed. Alani Brickroll, it Can looks like. Can I just like. say I hate this lineup too? Sorry. <laughs> well, here's the lineup. We got... Trent, Plummer, Goody, DeMonte, and Omar. Now, you got some shooters out there, but um, as we saw in that offensive possession, just, you know, and, and this is starting to become kind of a trend line here. Alani Brickroll mentions in the chat thread that the biggest issue is that we aren't really getting the ball consistently to Kofi. I mean, I would agree with that. Even though Kofi's not been his most efficient self, Indiana is doing a good job. Um, as Trace Jackson Davis just falls over himself. Again, guys, he doesn't scare me at all. Uh, but I would agree with that. Like There is there is a simplicity to it, Trevor, where I think, I, I know Kofi hasn't been the best, and I've been frustrated with him in these big games so far this year. But at the end of the day, this is a grind-em-out game where you just need to get him the ball. And, and I don't care if it's TJD or Durr that's on him. You just got to find a way, and he'll he'll get enough, I think, to help you get a win. This is Goody for three. Be there, baby. No, not even close. It's an air ball. Jesus Christ. Trevor, go ahead. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I think, you know, you have to factor in that, obviously, Kofi's the focal point coming off of his best game of the year against the best defense you're going to face. So some of it, you can't just strictly sit there and say, why isn't Kofi having a good game? Because some of it is, is a credit to Indiana. But at the same time, yeah, I mean, you're going to look on paper at the Durr has three fouls. Jackson Davis has two. And I think he gets like one post touch in the final four minutes there. And that's just, I mean, you need more than that. Trace Jackson Davis, uh, just kind of flailing around down there. So Illinois gets the ball back with a chance to tie or take the lead. This is DeMonte back out to Trent. He's got TJD. So a bit of a mismatch. See if he can get around him or not. TJD is athletic though. So we'll see. This is a long three from Trent up and it's an air ball. Uh, Huh? This Isaac. is an interesting offensive <laughs> uh, strategy here. Yeah, I he, put okay. So this is my theory. Then here comes Crabello, and I'm not sure why it took so long to get Crabello in there because I think you need some new looks offensively. But honestly, what the hell are you do? like? If Trace Jackson Davis is guarding Trent, there's got to be some sort of mismatch somewhere. But then if Omar or the the paint is where you would have that then mismatch, but Omar's not effective down low. I don't get like the lineup at all. Like. You have guys, yeah, you have three guys that can shoot the three ball, but if you don't have anything inside that, then who cares? Yeah, you aren't getting spacing if there's not an interior threat. Now, this reminds me, actually, you mentioned lineups, Isaac. At the end of the half, this is Trace Jackson Davis, so he's outplaying Kofi right now. 
and you need to respond. Um, but at the end of the half, RJ Melendez was in there. DeMonte steps in the line. Now we're doing really stupid things. Not sure where he was going with that, but anywho. Um, Trevor, at the end of the half, there was a lineup out there where RJ Melendez was in there for what was your last offensive possession. Plummer was on the bench. Now, was it a two-foul situation, or is there... To me, that was really puzzling because nothing came of it, of course. R.J. Melendez turned it over on offense. This is Galloway for three, up and no good, fortunately. But that that is another puzzling thing. And, and as I look at this, it seems like things are kind of equalizing, Trevor, where I don't think you're going to see much bench action this half. And Grandison hits a big yeah. three. Thank goodness. Much needed. He must have just decided that he was going <laughs> to make one. Um, uh yeah, uh, no, I think, I mean, you heard Underwood, and I know there's a lot that's made about how much Underwood says that seems hyperbolic, but you heard him after the Wisconsin game literally say, I have no earthly idea in terms of the minutes and the combos because, again, we haven't seen this team fully healthy until that game. So I think there's still a lot of shuffling with that. I like Melendez. I wanted to get some tick. Mm-hmm, I thought that lineup was a little strange. Um, but, yeah, no, that was definitely an odd lineup. Um, but we'll see. To your point, I don't think we're going to see a whole lot here in the last 12 other than your guys. Like, I'd be surprised if Goody, after the fouls and the air ball, as much as I love them, would get a ton more tick here. Coleman Hawkins, I think we've seen the last of him today. You know, I feel bad because he came in, he made both free throws, so that was a plus play for him. But there was a play that really just kind of summarizes where he's at right now. This is a three for Grandison, up and good. Hey, guys. Hey, hey, hey. Two in a row for (laughs) Grand. I'm just... Hey, I'm just imagine, imagining Grandison in the locker room at halftime, just staring at himself in the mirror and saying, I'm out of the slump. Like, just telling him, <laughs> he just decided. You know, um, I, I like Jake a lot, yeah, we, but he can, when he's off, it can be really hard to watch. Really hard to watch. We need to talk about Coleman Hawkins, though. For yes, a we do. We'll yeah. And minute, he's. He's just been terrible. He's played a decent amount, though, in this game. Like, yeah. I don't know why you're not playing Melendez. We're, before well, we get to the... You have to at least match him up on Thompson for a second, but go ahead, Kurt. Before we get to the Coleman-Hawkins discussion, which we'll have during this break here, uh, the 200 level is brought to you by 4th and Kirby online at 4thandkirby.com for all your vintage-inspired Illini apparel, including crew neck sweatshirts, hoodies, and T-shirts. And hopefully we got another couple months left of basketball season, fingers crossed. So you will need your lucky shirt, and you can get one today at 4thandkirby.com. Okay, so to Coleman-Hawkins, and Trevor, I want to start with you and then Isaac. And Isaac mentioned the point that Coleman probably played like six minutes in the first half. And this, to me, summed it all up, uh, Trevor, is there was a play where he went for the steal. So it's a hustle play. Thumbs up. Way to go. You're you're trying. But unfortunately, what that led to was a complete defensive breakdown that led to two easy points. And by the end of the play, the rotation was all screwed up, and he's just there looking kind of lost. And that is, I think, the word that best describes him right now, Trevor, lost. And... He's been in this program long enough where the fact that this is where he's at, I don't think bodes well long-term for him. And I can't see a switch magically flipping for him. And and immediately following that, um, that play was the one on offense. I think it led to the plumber three-point was fouled. Um, but he, he, it's like he, he very intentionally decides, at least from my view from home, that he's going to do something. And everyone can feel that he's like, okay, I'm going to take the ball. But then as soon as he has it, he just has no earthly idea what he's doing. And he gets doubled and he looks around and he throws it out of bounds or something. And that's just like, he, he it feels like 
it, it shouldn't. It, it's a problem. Let me put it this way: it's a problem when someone at home who's a fan can like tangibly feel that he is so like skitzy and like nervous that he's going to do something wrong and just doesn't know what he's doing out there. Like I shouldn't be able to sense that as easily as I'm getting from him. And I just think, and maybe I'm not blaming Brad any, but you know, he gets a yank immediately when he does something wrong. He played one minute against Wisconsin. So maybe to that point he's in his own head because he doesn't want to mess up, but I'm with you. I mean, I, if I were a betting man on this situation, I would be, I would be favoring uh, a transfer portal move more than budding into a starter at this point, which is not something anyone would have guessed coming into this year, but that's where we're at. Yeah, and Isaac, I, I'm going to kick it to you. Then I need to go get a charger for my phone here, so I'm, you you go um, after this. When I think about Coleman Hawkins, I think about some of the slumps that Georgie had, but the difference is that Georgie had already shown you what he could do consistently and then had that swoon in the 2020 Big Ten season around like late January, early February. So like you at least had context that he could come out of it. Um, we don't have that with Coleman. So I think that's the primary difference is while uh, Georgie looked lost at points too, you also knew that he just had this natural skill and ability offensively at least where you kept putting him out there thinking maybe you can get over this. I, I just don't have that faith that Coleman can do the same thing. Yeah, and like I I – Trevor, I totally get what you were saying about, oh, Coleman needs to be in there to maybe guard Race Thompson. But I know Race and Race Thompson and Johnny Davis are a little bit different, but I thought Melendez did a pretty good job a couple possessions against Johnny Davis. And even if you objectively say you never watched an ounce of Illinois basketball going into the year and you didn't know anything about Coleman's expectations, if you just watched Coleman and then watched like a Melendez or a Goody, there's a difference between like just effort and like how they're playing and just going balls to the wall and seeming more confident. So that that's very frustrating. And and it's, it's weird because Coleman thought you thought Coleman was going to be an awesome, awesome player after the first few games. And I know that was against bad competition, but usually it goes from like 18 points to like six or seven points a game. Right. It doesn't go from like averaging 18 to not even playing. Well, yeah, that, and, you know, it, I think a lot of fans were saying, you know, uh, why did we hype him up so much? Maybe our expectations were too high for a true sophomore that, you know, didn't really play much last year. But to that, I would say, well, you know, I mean, Underwood was the biggest culprit of the hype. I mean, we go into the year and he's talking about he's an NBA pro. <laughs> uh, you just have no idea how great this kid is going to be. And, you know, I, whatever, you know, we've, we've said it before, a lot's been made about it. I'm sure he knows what he's seeing in practice. It is what it is. But I would argue that prob- part of the problem of everyone's, you know, uh, increased expectations was coming out of that building. So I don't know. Yeah, well, I think to both of your points, uh, first off, to Isaac, a lot of what you were saying, if all you need from Coleman Hawkins is good defense and hustle and, and rebounding, you're getting that from R.J. Melendez, so you don't need Coleman at that point. And you don't really need his offensive production at this point because now you're fully healthy, you got everybody back. So that that negates the need that you had in Coleman early this season when he was doing well against lesser teams. Um, and then also to your point, Trevor, you know about Underwood, we got another timeout here. I thought that the Indiana timeout would have been used as the media, but here's yet another timeout on ESPN. Um, but to your point, Trevor, you know Underwood is kind of like myself. He's prone to hyperbole, like Luke Goody's going to score 1,500 points for Illinois. Okay, 
Um, he's going to have to do most of that in three seasons because he's, while he's a, you know, showing some promise as a freshman, he's averaging what four points a game. I mean, so you, you get these moments, and uh, I remember his second year. I think Underwood talked about you know, positionless basketball, like the Golden State Warriors. And I'm like, yeah, but we don't have Clay Thompson or Stephen Curry or Draymond Green. We kind of suck right now. Um, and, and when you're winning, it's fine. It's kind of cute, right? Um, but this is one where I think the expectations, like you said, Trevor, were coming from within. And it's 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 like, damn it, like everything they said about Coleman, I kind of get swept up in it. So now the next time they are praising a guy incessantly for his offseason workouts, I'm going to be a little more leery about what I, until right. I actually see it. Well, and your word lost, I think is, is the right one. Cause I mean, you look at it and we've talked about it before. Like there's a guy who's a really good three point shooter. As funny as it sounds, you know, and he's shooting like 22% from three. Like, like it's something that's just not working. Like, like he is better than this. And it's, I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to make this just rip on Coleman segment, but you know, like, he is better than what he's showing right now. Something is wrong. And I think it's mental. And I don't know, And you know, given the era that we are in, I can't help but think, well, if there's a giant mental problem going on here, then, you know, I, I can't really count on you going forward because you're probably going to look for another situation that makes you feel better. So I don't know. We'll see. I, but at this point, we've done a 180 in terms of how surprised I'd be for him to turn into a legit Big Ten starter because now I'd be shocked. Yeah, and I remember early this season thinking, man, as long as next year you got Coleman Hawkins and Andre Corbello, you're going to be A-OK. So again, I, I am a, I am totally uh, um, guilty of being prone to hyperbole myself. Now, before we get back to this, there's, they're showing old clips of Lou Henson and Bobby Knight. This is a rivalry. You know, I, I know there was a 15, 20-year stretch where it didn't feel like it, but this is a big rivalry, Illinois and Indiana. Got to remind you, Rector Construction is online at RECTORConstruction.com for all your home exterior projects. Now, I know that we got a snow-covered ground. It is a frozen tundra out there, but you might as well go online to RectorConstruction.com and get a free estimate for any home exterior project. The temperatures will warm up. It's the perfect time to get started on some of those projects today with Rector Construction, online at RectorConstruction.com. All right, 10.53 to go, 20 on the shot clock. I feel like, El- I mean, not to jinx it, but I feel like Illinois is starting to settle in a little bit in a positive way. This is Curbelo taking it to the rim. Pretty move. Kofi gets mauled, and this will be the second foul against Indiana. And fortunately, Trevor, not a shooting foul uh, because I don't need to see Kofi at the line at the moment. And that uh, that's Derp's fourth foul. Okay, Derp has four, and we are going to call him Derp. No, it's no, no offense to him, but with a name like Derp, we would be doing our listeners a disservice if we didn't have the P at the end of it. This is DeMonte. So now we've just got to play the uh, the segment game, right? Yeah, yeah, your, pretty your much. favorite game. You're up, by, you're up by two with 10 minutes to go. Play even the rest of the way if we're walking away with a win. And just like that, an off-the-ball foul from Xavier Johnson on Curbelo. So now we're all knotted up with four fouls apiece. Isaac? I was literally about to like get on here and say, wow, you're telling me Indiana only has one foul in 10 minutes. <laughs> they just get two for like no reason. So the refs tend to even things out. They do. They do. All right, so this is Curbelo taking a baseline out of bounds off Indiana, off Race Thompson. So 13 to go, 10.38. But, yeah, I I have this weird, I don't want to say sense of calm. I mean, Indiana, at the end of the day, is a good team. I don't think about, I think very good, but I think they are just rock solid, probably a seven seed in the NCAA tournament when all is said and done. This is going to be Grandison on the baseline. Uh, 10 on the shot clock. I'll finish that thought in a bit after this play. That's a bad entry from Grandison, which is rare because he is usually good feeding Kofi in the post. But Race Thompson, uh, 
Isaac, what I would give for Leron Black on this team, an actual four, because that's the if that's the had, bugaboo. Yeah, I mean, they wouldn't be the most athletic four and five, but if you had Kofi and Leron, you would just light it up in the paint. Nice board from Trent here. Now, I was thinking, guys, when it comes to NCAA seeding and, and where you end up and what what your pod looks like, I am looking at one thing only when I look at other teams. Do they have a good four? And if not, I like our path. And I, I that might be oversimplifying things, Trevor, but that is honestly more than you know three-point field goal shooting percentage, pace of play, any of those sort of Ken Palm metrics. I'm just going to look at the rosters in our bracket and say, do any of these teams have a stud four? And if not, I like our chances. Yeah. I mean, as you should. I think the two issues going into any tournament game are going to be uh, dumb turnovers slash mistakes that are shooting yourself in the foot and then a good four. Those are your two things. And, you know, last year against Loyola, I think you saw a mix of both. I know Krutwig wasn't a four, but he sure played that way. And, you know, that combined with bad turnovers in that game was a recipe for disaster. So you can only control the turnover thing so much. But the four you can control, I mean, we can't, but we can look at it, I guess is what I mean, and tangibly see, do they have a good four? And, you know, we said going into this game, Race Thompson is basically averaging the exact same stats that Dante Scott was averaging. So that was a concern. Um, So far, he hasn't gone off. And wow, lo and behold, we made both. Both, they looked great. Hey, Great I mean, free throws. You get a few, you get a few stops here, and I mean, we can start thinking, you know. Yeah, for sure. Fifty to forty-six with nine forty-eight to go. I, I love these early tips because I just don't have the anger really going right now. A miss three from Indiana. Get the board, Demonte. It's off of Demonte. Hmm. I thought thirty-two might have gotten Hannah. Is that Miller Cop? Thirty-two, or is that Galloway? Oh, that's Galloway. Okay, so who's forty-five? That's, a, that's Stewart. That's Stewart. That's right. Okay. Uh, you know, but this... it's been, I thought first. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. You go ahead, Isaac. I was going to say, I thought for sure Cop would only transfer if he was going to be a focal point right. of Big Ten, but he just hasn't been. What if he was the difference between Northwestern being an NCAA tournament team this year? Probably not. Out on Indiana, so a nice break here. Not sure if that um, was, in fact, off Indiana. That was a but that's... great play by Kofi. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So uh, let's watch the replay here. This is Kofi getting his hand in there. And yeah, uh, I think that was up Indiana. Sounds like something and good. I love how so, something good just happened. I heard something. Was that from Isaac or Trevor's house? I'm sorry. It's okay. Downstairs. Finish, Trent. <laughs> there we go. So a six point lead. I mean, hey, I love oh. getting those indicators that something good's going to happen. Fifty two to forty six with nine I'll ten to go. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. Ten ten nothing run. Indiana makes a three though. Ten to three. Well, nonetheless, a nice stretch there, Trevor. So we got nine minutes to go. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, now it's just possession by possession. It really does feel like, all right, you're your best five versus their best five, not much from the bench, and, and just grind this out. Kofi, nice take. Uh, you got to finish that, Kofi. Jesus Christ. Uh, Trevor, let's talk about Kofi real quick, because I, I said something in the last podcast when he had 20 points at halftime. This would be, with Purdue and Arizona, another clunker on the national stage. He's not the national player of the year. Um, and I, I hate to say that as one, I, I love Kofi. Like he's one of my all time favorite Illini, but like this conversation, you see Illini fans are so easily triggered about where's our ranking and why isn't Kofi getting the love? Well, he's got to show up in one of these games and he's yet to do that. So I, I don't know. Yeah. And I would, I would caution anyone who throws this game in with the likes of the, 
big men he was facing because so far he's faced for the majority of this game, Michael Durr, who I didn't know existed until I started watching this game. So, you know, I mean, yes, it is a national stage game and yes, he has to be better. I think he's been better ish in the second half, but I still think that look, unless he is dunking it or has a completely wide open path to the hoop, there's still some fear that he's going to have a softish finish at the rim that doesn't go in. And I think we're, to the point where we shouldn't be worried about that with him. But again, we talked about it on Wednesday too. You know, I find myself kind of getting caught because it's like, I'm mad that he's only an A minus player sometimes instead of A plus. So it's like, do I just accept the fact that maybe he's not the national player of the year and then not be upset when he occasionally doesn't finish? Or do I require him to do what he's doing right here on this? There we go. That's, that's, that's Kofi. That's a good finish right there. 54 to 49 going to the yeah, Isaac. he just hasn't looked like I feel like there was a stretch and maybe that was just competition, but he had a stretch where everything looked smooth coming off his hands for like a month, you know, and he just had that touch off the glass. But this game, especially today and that last miss he just had, it's like he keeps losing the ball and just nothing looks because I mean, even though he just made that shot, he kind of got a lucky roll. So I don't yeah, I don't know if and like Trevor said, you can't really blame the big men on in this game today. All right, so Kofi, free throws up and good. That's three in a row from Kofi. He's got a good stroke, so it's just, I feel like there's some bad luck with his free throw shooting because when he's on, it looks pretty good for a seven foot one guy. So we got a six point lead again, eight minutes to go. Trevor, this is where you'd like to get a stop and go up eight or nine. Uh, nice take from Indiana, but better defense by RJ. So it is a six good point defense by Melendez. Yeah. 7.50 to go. Jacob Grandison cleans up the board. This is Trent with a three B there, baby. Yes. That's a big one. Let's go! 58-49 with 7.40 to go. All right, Trent Frazier with 18. He is showing up today in a timeout by wow. Mike Woodson. That, I mean, Trevor, I, I said that right before RJ had the good defense on that take from Indiana, and then, like, all right, just get a stop and go up eight or nine. And you go up nine at the under eight. And uh, that is, wow, uh, that's pretty impressive, all things considered, that uh, this is where Illinois is at after what I feel like everything is – You've had to labor for this, and, and yet here you are, which is a good position. Yeah, uh, it does. I mean, he's when, when that when those sort of, and I don't mean dagger in the sense of the game. I just mean dagger in the in that moment when those dagger threes by Trent go in. The the, the way he, he that that crossover to where he's open is lethal when it goes in because it's like holy crap! Like he just he creates space out of nowhere for himself, and he's able to get it up and in. So he's had a really good game, which frankly is nice to see because. You know, I mean, I know he airballed another one, but I was sort of thinking like, uh, Trent, because, you know, he airballed, I think, twice in the Northwestern game, once in the Wisconsin game, didn't have a good showing in either offensively. And it was like, okay, so now we're going to have to hear about how Curbelo coming back has ruined Trent, which I'm not a fan of that discussion. So, yeah, that was, I mean, now you're up nine. I mean, we're playing this possession of possession here. I mean, get some stops on defense and this game could be over. Yeah, I agree, and I think this is, Isaac, where the Rob Finnessy absence really hurts Indiana because I look out there, and Xavier Johnson can get hot, and we've seen it this year before. And they do have some other guys like Stewart that can hit a three, um, but for the most part, they are a team that grinds it out offensively with Race Thompson and, and Trace Jackson Davis. Tr- Race Thompson can hit a three or two. So um, not that that's out of play here, but I also feel like um, this is not the position that you would want to be in 
especially is Indiana, because the, their whole bread and butter is just eking out close wins against really good teams because that's superb defense. Well, right now, they're going to have to rely on scoring and scoring in bunches. Yeah, and it's kind of, I don't know why this is a comparison, but it's almost like Iowa football, I would say, mm-hmm. where yeah. they go up, you know, if, if they go up 14-7, you're probably not coming back because seven points against an Iowa might be a lot. But then if they go down 14-7, to seven, scoring a touchdown is going to be a lot for Indiana. So hopefully this is not jinxing it at all, but nine points for an Indiana team seems seems like a lot. I mean, this has been a, a little bit higher scoring than than we would have thought. But And Trevor, I think you might have said this on the radio that I'm just thinking back to. So this is only really what Indiana's third test at home, major mm-hmm. test at home. And like the Michigan was a weird outlier. The Purdue game, I remember watching that. That was back and forth, but then Indiana had a lead, a four or five point lead majority of that. And I think Purdue made it close down the stretch and then Fennessey hit a couple big shots. So this is, I mean, this is probably the first time they've been down this much at home besides that fluke Michigan game. So this is, a Indiana's in a really weird spot right now too, whereas Illinois has been very good on the road the past couple of years. Well, and I'd argue that Purdue game was the outlier the other way, right? Where Tennessee, who scores like two points a game, scores 22. And, and you know, even then they could barely close it out, but they do. I think Purdue had the lead in, in that game. Maybe you guys remember with like 40 seconds left or something and somehow managed to not win. But, yeah, I think the two games they've had at home against quality teams, one was a fluke win against Purdue. I think that's safe to say with the way fantasy played. And then one was a fluke loss where the best defense in the Big Ten gives up like 85 points to a Michigan team that can't shoot. Kofi, so those are both yeah. good games. So. <laughs> Kofi is getting active defensively. I love how I, I'll give Borowski this. He's the guy under the basket for a lot of these possessions. He's letting Kofi and uh, TJD kind of bang around out there. So it's 7-10 to go. Plummer wants it. No, it's going to be Grandison feeding Kofi. Kofi, will they double him up? No. He's going to take it on Jackson Davis. Up, and you got to finish that Kofi. Just doesn't have the touch today, Isaac. He's laboring for everything. And a dunk for Indiana. Yeah, this is... Damn. Uh, Darn it. That was a travel, maybe? I don't know. But this is both... This Everybody's been talking about all week, or especially since the Wisconsin game. Besides the great atmosphere in Indiana, it's been these two big guys going at it. And they, have, they have definitely not put on a clinic of footwork, that's for sure. Oh, God, that was scary. So, RJ Melendez, pass it, pass it. Come on, be there, Jake. Oh, but we got a what? A foul on Illinois, it looks like. So, stoppage and play here. I don't know if that was a moving screen or what. Are they called travel? I'm not sure. What did I miss there, Trevor? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, look, I'm more focused on Grandison once again falling asleep on defense and just giving up a dunk. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like Grandison, but uh, man, when he's good, it's like, oh, I love you, Jake. And when he's bad, it's like, what the hell are you doing, man? Like you're 22, 23. You got to be better than that. So this is a seven-point Illinois lead with 6:20 to go. Can Indiana go on a little run their own? Race Thompson with Demonte on him. Demonte getting bodied up quite a bit, and Race Thompson misses. Demonte Williams, I noticed this, Trevor, where early in this game, Demonte, the first four minutes was on Race Thompson. Then they started switching guys, and I felt like, okay, well, what they're doing is essentially saving Demonte for crunch time against him. And it looks like that's exactly what they're going to do defensively. This is Kofi down low. Come on, nice pass to Trent. Be there, Trent. Yes! Right back. It's 10-point Illinois lead. 
I think DeMonte does a great job, and Hummel mentioned this in the first half, of even though he's giving up a few inches to whoever he's guarding, he never seems to give physically. Like, like Thompson can continue to back down, but I, I don't think DeMonte ever... Whoa, hello, Kofi. Whoa, a block on TJD, and Plummer gets it. Okay, that, that was... They missed the three. Trace Jackson Davis gets the board. I'm thinking, ah, you got to be kidding me. And then Kofi blocks him even better. Plummer corrals the... Uh, the block, and this is going to be Jake looking for Kofi. Great entry. Come on, Kofi. You got to finish, baby. There we <laughs> go. 508 go. to go. 63 to 51. Ah! Indiana has 15 points this half. 15 with five to go. This is going to be an entry to TJD with 455 to go. He's trying to take it left on Kofi. Great help on Grandison. They're going to call a foul on the floor. And you know what? Since it's only the 16 foul, whatever, I thought that Grandison was might have gotten a clean handle on that but okay so isaac with less than five to go on davis let's see wow man oh man kofi that's a beaut um okay great block (laughs) isaac uh what what i mean i guess it's pretty simple right i mean you just essentially each possession you just go down to kofi when you gotta when you're nursing a 12 point lead with five to go they might foul him, but I think just keep going for the easy two, and I think Kofi will get enough to help you keep this lead. It, it was frustrating that against Michigan State, it seemed like we were just trying to run out the clock and not win the game, but obviously you didn't have Kofi. I would just like to see maybe Trent and Kofi run the pick and roll and maybe run out some clocks. Again, Trent's been getting hammered, especially in the backcourt, and just hasn't been getting any calls as Coleman's in the game now. What is Monte doing I, I don't here? Know, I don't know Brad's thought. DeMonte draws the foul. Trevor, what was that <laughs> possession? <laughs> what was that? I mean, hey, look, I, I don't have a problem with DeMonte driving when he drives with intention. My problem with him is that it seems like for 95% of his career, you know, he'd decide he was going to drive and then pull up and stop from eight feet with like a baby hook that just doesn't work. But in both the Wisconsin game and this game, you've seen him drive and actually take it all the way to the rim, which I have no problem with that because he's a pretty good free throw shooter and he doesn't, you know, he gets fouled. Of course, now he's going to miss the first free throw because I said that. But I do think the rotations are interesting in this game. I mean, Thompson has size. They're throwing Durr in there with Jackson Davis. Like Indiana's trying to counter you with some size and Underwood is, is going to try and rely on Melendez slash Hawkins, which I think, is obviously an interesting proposition, but maybe you feel a little bit safer doing that up by 12 instead of Jesus, two. Jesus, DeMonte. You know, he was working on his free throws after the Wisconsin game. This is both there. Fortunately, it's still a 12-point lead for Illinois, and every missed shot from Indiana gets you that much closer. Christian Lander now is back in the game for Indiana. Hawkins helping out, and a steal. Hey, disruptor from Hawkins, and Trent cleans it up with 4.10 to go. Well done, Coleman. Uh, 12-point lead, 4.08 across the timeline here. This is Trent with Christian Lander on him. Christian Lander, by the way, is 13 years old, the little-known fact. Kofi Coburn with the ball. (laughs) (laughs) Kofi taking it. Come on, finish, baby. All right, he gets the foul on Durr. I think that's it for Durr, correct? Yes. Well, then, I mean, if there's... (laughs) Okay, real quick, one of my favorite South Park jokes is Mr. Derp which I think actually was the first use of derp, and now it became part of our lexicon. And if anyone gets a chance, go to YouTube and just look up Mr. Derp. He's the uh, substitute chef in the South Park Elementary cafeteria, the origins of derp. And it's just, 
Uh, my kids say that in sixth grade. Like if some kid says something ridiculous, they say derp. So that's it is a cross generational term. It's, it's it brings people together. Before we go any further, guys, I want to kick it to you in a second, but I gotta hit up our last sponsor here, State Farm Agent Brian Hansen online at BrianIsMyGuy.com for life, auto, home, business, renters, you name it. Brian is my guy, and he can be your guy as well. Uh, that is Brian Hansen, State Farm Agent at BrianIsMyGuy.com. Okay, so uh, let's go, Trevor and then Isaac. 3.50 to go, going the line here up 12 with Kofi. Uh, I mean, I'd say what needs to happen, but, uh, I mean, it's pretty simple. I, I don't really have a question to ask any of you, but I, I guess I'll just say what are your thoughts, Trevor? Yeah. <laughs> and then Isaac. I, I think one thing that that maybe we're not discussing as much as we should maybe, I don't know. It feels like this team finds a gear in second halves that's really impressive, at least lately. Like, th- that Wisconsin second half was like, whoa, like, you know, you give up a lot of points in the first half and your defense turns it up in the second and everybody starts hitting shots. The same exact thing is happening right now where it's basically neck and neck for 28-ish minutes and then suddenly it's like, okay, it's winning time. Let's do this. And it feels like they've been a second-half team all year. But, I mean, these have been some really good second halves against really good teams. I I would argue your two best second halves have been this week in maybe your two toughest games so far this year. So, I mean, that's... That's encouraging stuff, and, you know, to be fair to what we're talking about, we're saying, you know, if you want to win the Big Ten, Kofi, if you want to be player of the year, you got to say, give me the ball, I'm scoring in these situations, and that's exactly what's been happening here. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 encouraging to say the least. Isaac? I would just say that you've, you've found a way to win a lot of these games and different ways. Trent was off the past couple games. I mean, Northwestern, I don't – that was the DeMonte and Pods game, and then Kofi just went off against Wisconsin. Now Trent's back on his heater, and I, I agree with Trevor. It seems like second halves you've just you've really picked up. And knock on wood, best case this is this has been a great situation where you've been able to squeak out games, right? You've been able to win, and you've been able to let your freshmen develop, gain confidence. Which you never know. Come the tournament, you might need a Luke Goody or a Melendez to come in and play big minutes where they've been able to get some big time game experience here in the regular season. And you've been able to squeak out those wins, right? You're not forced to play the freshman and then you're screwed. And I, it's, it's nice just not being able to completely point to one thing and, and blame this game. And I do think Corbello hasn't been great, but he hasn't really hurt you either. He's just being eased back in. So I do think this has been pretty, pretty good I won't say best case scenario the past couple games, but I, I really like the development you've seen, good minutes from other guys, and then your your leaders are just like taking turns winning you games, it seems like. Yeah, and well, we were and we were worried, Trevor, that with in the absence of Io being the closer, who's gonna close games and it has been by committee, which has been encouraging. Yeah, and, and that's pretty much to, to what we were saying. We were saying this carp the other night. Like I am just relieved at the fact that we can sit here and say Player X didn't have a great game, but that's okay. Like the fact that Curbelo isn't really making a huge impact, okay, you know, because Plummer's hitting some threes, Trent's on a heater. It was just really, it felt, I don't know, suffocating is a strong word, but it kind of felt, you know, like claustrophobic metaphorically in that month when Trent was playing all 40 minutes a game, Curbelo was out, Kofi was concussed. It just felt like, you know, two guys had to give you 120% for you to eke out wins. And now it feels like everybody can give you 
80% and you can eke out a win. And that's just, it's just a nice couple. All right. So we got 64 to 51. This is going to be uh, Indiana ball. Kofi made one of two, but he has made four of his last five. So I'll take that from Kofi in, at any time. Now we got an away from the ball foul on Plummer. The last thing you want to do here, this is Galloway going to the line. He will have bonus. So he'll have a one-on-one opportunity here as now both teams are in you the want- bonus and uh, Illinois, Indiana's, Two fouls away from putting Illinois in the double bonus the rest of the way. Trevor? You want your weird stat of the of the year so far. DeMonte is shooting 49% from the free throw line. That's so weird because he is a pretty good free throw shooter. We know that because last year was around almost 80%, I feel like. We'd have to look that up, but I'm, I'm not sure. All right. the, I would, yeah. No, you're right. Isaac? It, it stinks that it's such like a basic thing, but that's been your bugaboo the past few weeks, especially. I know Wisconsin, you were eight, nine for 18. This game, you're 16 for 24, which is good in volume, but you'd like to be, you know, 75, 80%. Um, and it's, I know a lot of those have been Kofi, but you've had key guys miss free throws. Even Plumbers missed a few, which didn't miss any of the first, like, I think he was 56 of 60 in the year, and then there was uh, he missed a couple in the first half, right, after that missed three, or the foul on the three. So this is Kofi with the ball trying to finish. Nice finish, Kofi. Gets the two points Man, immediately back. He has really stepped up in these last. He has. Let's go. 66 to 53 with 310 to go. This is going to be Race Thompson. He's now uh, looking for Christian Lander, who's going to shoot a mid-range jumper. I'll give them that. 66 to 55 with three minutes to go. Now, the good thing is Illinois quickly gets it inbound, so they can't really set up any full court press or traps or anything. No problem for Trent to bring it across. Now 250 to go, about 20 on the shot clock. And Christian Lander is guarding him, so I don't know if he's if Trent's getting the count. I, I don't want any of those silly five-second violations. They're looking for Kofi. Trent's going to take a baseline himself. He looks for Plummer in the corner. Now to Grandison. DeMonte be there, baby. Oh, yeah. Wow, wow, Clutch wow. DeMonte. That's beautiful, man. DeMonte coming up oh, big. But the ball movement, Isaac, like that – I don't know. Like there, there was a there was a shot actually, Isaac, and you were at the game, so I want to get your thoughts on this. Grandison hit a three to actually, I think, go up by basically the same thirteen or fourteen point margin against Wisconsin. Okay, so like now it's Demonte hitting that, and it's all off of just this awesome ball movement, and that shot felt so good. I don't know, just a thought that I had dating back to Wednesday night. Oh, yeah, and we've we've talked about and brought up, and it's been clear, Indiana's defense is great. So you just had one of your best offensive possessions late in the game, and it's been – we were just talking about it, the Iowa experience last year, right? Iowa was the one ending the games, and that's kind of what you expected. Now, if Iowa's off, which didn't happen very often, then you were kind of in a tough spot. Now you've had a bunch of guys step up in multiple spots, but to see the ball come all the mm. way around the perimeter like oh. that – the fact that the fact that Trent too almost got trapped on the baseline and then everything opens up. If if Demonte can open up as a, a fourth lethal three point shooter, that makes you so dangerous. Tagging that with Kofi and then Trebello getting guys open. All right, I Look missed at this half. You guys like doubled them up this half. Trevor, you know, <laughs> you know what it reminds me of is the game at Purdue two years ago, where it was close at halftime and then you just went off. Um, and, and here's yeah. here's a thought to you guys, and I, I, Trevor and then Isaac, I want to get your thoughts on this. If you look back at the last two seasons, there has been a lull for Illinois in late January, and then they go on a February heater. Now, the reason Trevor, I'm so be there, plumber. 
Oh my god. <laughs> 72 so to 55. By 20. We could. Yeah. This is just not even fair. This is beautiful, guys. Imagine this is being really an good. I'm a fan right now. Oh, my. oh yeah! <laughs> they just throw it right to Kofi. So here's what my. What was the score of this game like ten minutes ago? Wasn't it like fifty-five, fifty-three? We or we something? were up six. We it were up was six. Forty-eight, forty-six. It was. Okay. You're right. And Sorry. then and then then it stretched out. I think with the nine-minute mark, that was when we were up fifty-two to forty-six or something like that. And we and then we hit a three to go up nine. And then ever since then, the closest Indiana's got, I think, is seven. So this is Kofi. So this is all, this is like a this I'll is like a there. thirty to oh damn. This is like a thirty to eight run. Almost. Let him dunk. Let him get his dunk. Oh, that was a pretty weak dunk. Oh, this is so beautiful. Now, guys, we'll get into why it's so beautiful in a second. But here, here's my thought, Trevor, is that the last two years. So last year was the Ohio State Maryland run where we got worried. Two years ago was when Iowa got hurt, but there was also the Iowa Maryland then Michigan State losses and then the Rutgers loss, and that that cost you a Big Ten title. And, and you could say the same thing for Maryland and Ohio State last year. You win one of those and you got a banner, even though we all agree that what happened with the conference was stupid. But here's the difference of this year, Trevor, is that that lull, when it should have happened, when Kofi goes out yep. for a little bit, when Corbello goes out, you only lose two games. You keep yourself afloat. And now you're about to go 10-2 and two in conference. And I, I just think that that is the primary difference between this year and the last two years. You rode that storm when it could have been far worse, and you find yourself alone at the top of the Big Ten Conference. That's more than we can say the last two years. Completely agree with you. I think two years ago you lost, because that Maryland and Ohio State, those games came on the heels of, I want to say, like the Michigan State blood on the road, something like that. So, you, you, you know, you lost three of four in early January. Then last year you lose four or five, or maybe I'm mixing those two years up because COVID the black hole, but essentially both of those times you had a stretch that kind of killed you. And this year you were able to limit the stretch that killed you to only two games to where it really didn't kill you. And I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself now here. We can talk about it, but I mean, shoot, you're clicking on all cylinders. You're 13 and three in your last 16 big 10 road games. And now here comes Purdue for a chance to, I mean, not put away a title by any means, but kind of put away Purdue in a way. You know what? You're a top 10 team on Monday after this week, I think. Um, if if not... top 10 match Purdue. Yeah. I mean, and here's the thing. Illinois could be 12 or 13, some arbitrary number, but like... This is what it's all coming down to, and this is why Isaac, I, I thought, 11 seconds to go here, Illinois up 74 to 57. Why I love uh, the matchup on Tuesday now is that you got this win. So not to say there's not pressure for Illinois. Like, you know, this is essentially you win, and I think you win the Big Ten title. You know, no pressure. But ultimately, it does take a little bit of that off um, because you don't need it 100%. So I, I think you can just go in there and play with – a little fire under your butts and, and take care of it. As the clock runs out, Illinois wins by 17 points. They outscore Jeez. Indiana by 19 in the second half and hold Indiana wow. to 21 and second half points. Uh, Chris Jackson Davis plays the entire second half. <laughs> hey, I, uh, yeah. Not a lot of logic behind that, but there's just something about that guy. I don't, whatever the it factor is, he doesn't have it. And kudos to Kofi. He had to labor, but he came up big when it mattered. Now, so, Isaac, to you here, um, I, I feel much better about Tuesday night. I think we all felt that way. Be, beat Indiana, and then what the hell? Tuesday night happens, and let's just see what happens. Um, 
but yeah, I, I think it just allows you to just go in there much more freely and, and without this sort of weight on your shoulders of, oh God, we really need this one right now. Oh yeah, that's, I, if we were going to lose today, I was going to stress a lot more about Purdue because if you took two straight Big Ten losses, even being in first place, that takes a dent. And Purdue's going to be a tough place to play, but like you said, maybe the, just the mentality of the team, instead of thinking man, we have to win this one to stay at, atop the Big Ten. If you change your mentality to there, there's no point, like, or not there's no point, there is no lose situation here, right? Like there's a win. If we win, we're above everybody head and shoulders. And then if we lose, we're still going to be tied for first. So that's how it was the first time they came into town into Champaign, though, and uh, they were able to pull that one out. So Yes, I am going to be watching a lot more relaxed now on Tuesday, but please don't, Kofi, please don't have another game like you did. And I swear if Bo Borowski is refing that stupid game, then I don't even know if I'm going to be able to watch. Hey, you know what? Uh, he actually was, uh, you know, I, I think the way this game was called in the second half worked out pretty well for Illinois. And uh, I, I got to give uh, Trevor back to Kofi because he was, in a lot of ways, Trent was the story because Trent was a star and it's so awesome to see his narrative continue to play out. But you know, Trevor for Kofi who had to labor for a lot of those points at the end of the day, in the last 10 minutes, especially he helped you close that game and looked like the Kofi that we've grown accustomed to. So uh, for as frustrated as I'm sure as I was, and I'm sure he was for not getting some of those bunnies, he got them when it mattered most. And uh, he was better than trace Jackson Davis, which was kind of the story going into today. Massive block, uh, strong finishes at the rim, four for five from the free throw line and the clutch. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just scrolling through Twitter here. I mean, it was a 32 to nine run by Illinois in the second half of the second half at Indiana to close out this game. Yep. At, in, at that place of all places. And I know the Michigan game happened, like Isaac, you mentioned, but I thought the Michigan game was the outlier. Well, now we, now let's flip this over to Indiana. And, you know, Isaac, I'm thinking if I'm an Indiana fan, I don't know what the hell I have. I mean, essentially, you got a tournament team. Um, but now this feels like, you know, just kind of like Illinois had to do with Brad Underwood. They had to exercise the demons of the previous, uh, you know, coaching tenure. And I feel like they're still sort of flushing out the toxins that were built up through the Archie Miller experience. And it, it reared its ugly head today, and Illinois took advantage. Yeah, that if, I, if I'm an Indiana fan, it seems like they, haven't, they weren't able to get away with that with Archie obviously that feels a lot like you know some of those John Gross games where you had big games big opportunities and the other team just got a little bit hot and then you didn't have any any answer and that's what's so nice about Illinois is having multiple guys that can shoot the three ball which again definitely in my lifetime this is the most lethal exciting three-point shooting team that obviously D and Darren and those guys that's a different story but since them just the fact that you have that, I mean, we could go down 11 in a tournament game and I would still feel pretty confident. I mean, against Purdue, I think what you were down 14 and a half or 12 and a half and just came roaring back because you had good three point shooting. But if, yeah, if you're an Indiana fan, you got to feel like same stuff, different day, but Illinois fans can definitely relate. Another tidbit though. I don't, did Curbelo play at all in the second half? It, Briefly. That's two games in a row now. 
where he hasn't really played. A few minutes, I think, two or three, uh, around the 15-minute mark, uh, but not more than that, and didn't make much of an impact. But I like that you're able to do this and gradually work him back, and I think eventually he will uh, be a big part of this team. But, you know, what a position to be in that you've done all this without him. You haven't needed him yet. So, um, you know, Trevor, at the end of the day, this is the best coaching job that Underwood's done by far. Um, I I knew... no. Yeah, yeah, and and I think we knew going in, like I, I had aspirations that this team could be better than last year, but that was predicated on Crabello being a superstar, and you've had to kind of, yet again, on the fly, remake yourself. But here's the thing, and I got to go back to what, uh, it was on the Illini Inquirer podcast, and I think it was Jeremy and Joey and Derek talking about it, how Underwood's teams tend to really tighten up defensively as the year goes on, and as good as the offense was today. Now the defense is starting to kind of play at an elite level, and you can go back to the last five Big Ten games. And, I mean, I know Wisconsin got 67, but that was sort of because of the pace of that game. Uh, You've held four of your last five Big Ten opponents under 60. So I think that's maybe the story here is that defensively, you're now creeping up there in Ken Palm and all that. I I wouldn't be surprised if by year's end this is a top 10 defense. 100%. 100%. And and this is something I've said a lot. Every single Final Four team and national title winner in the last 10 years, except for the UConn team that came out of nowhere the one year, has been a top 20 defensive efficiency and top 20 offensive efficiency team. Every single team, except for one. And so that's the sort of thing where, I mean, yes, we groaned because last year was top 20 in both. So you go, gah, but whatever. Um, you know, you look at like a, a Purdue and you go, okay, well, the offense is first. Well, the defense is like 68th. And it's like, I, I don't know, you know, I, I don't, I don't trust know them. if they're going to get there because because yeah. of that side of the ball. They're like, um, you know, Ohio State or Iowa last year, right, where the offense was top five. Dwayne Washington was ridiculous. But guess what? Ohio State's defense was 80th. And they played the leading scorer in the NCAA at Oral Roberts in the first round. Guess what? They lost. So, yeah, I mean, if you can make your way into – the top 20 for both. I know that's a very arbitrary thing, right? And if you're 22nd, I'm not going to then declare that you can't make it to a final four, but the defense has been huge. I mean, what did Indiana have at halftime? 40 and they finished with 57, 36, was, was like it 36, that, right? 34? I think they scored 21 in okay. the second half, but regardless. Yeah. I mean, that's like what point five something points per possession yeah. for Indiana in that second half when they, again, I know we've talked about them, but when they supposedly gain, their best player for that second half too. So a hell of a defensive effort. And I a hundred percent agree with you that that lately probably has been the most encouraging sign other than some of those role guys getting going again. All right, guys, Illinois is <laughs> 10 and two in the big 10 alone in first place. We got some more basketball to watch today. So by the time some people listen to this, you'll know what happened to Purdue. You'll know what happened to Michigan States at Rutgers. Is that right? That's a game to watch, maybe. Yeah, that's big. That's uh, a big one. Yeah, so like, you know, hey, you, you know what I love about these early tip-offs, Isaac, is that, especially when you win, you get to revel in that excitement for the rest of the day. You get to watch the other games, um, scoreboard watch this or that, and then just try to pad your conference lead. This is something I haven't felt, well, I should say, of course we felt it the last two years in some way, shape, or form. Um, but I think it's the way that this team is getting it done. And back to another thing they said in the Illini Inquirer podcast, Isaac, that this team can win either way. They can win pretty, they can win ugly. And we saw a little bit of both today. Um, you know, they mucked it up on defense and then it got really in the last 10 minutes on offense, 
it got really pretty really quick. So to me, uh, there's there's no better time, I think, to be going into Purdue than right now. I agree. And like like we were saying, they surprised, they surprised us a couple of years ago the way they went into Purdue. And it is such a great feeling to be able to basically just relax, kick back, and know that only good can happen, right? You could have Michigan upset Purdue today, or you could have Michigan State fall to Rutgers, which Rutgers took down Purdue earlier this year. But it is, it's just, this team has just been so exciting. And you take out a couple of games and they keep you on your toes, but they, they've won the big ones. Yeah, we have one, maybe two bad losses. But for the most part, they have just outperformed themselves, which I was going to be totally fine with third or fourth in the Big Ten and, you know, a five to seven seed, just knowing that you lost IO and this team was going to be a little bit more pieced together. And nobody would have thought Trent was going to come back and probably have his best year um, as an Illini. So Tuesday is going to be really, really big. But, hey, we could we could definitely use a little bit of, assistance from a team like Rutgers or I'm not going to root for Michigan today, but if they win, it's not the worst thing in the world. No, I I agree with that. And also I think the timing is perfect to play Purdue, but I also like the fact you get an extended layoff before Northwestern next Sunday, because Tuesday, regardless if you win or lose is going to be a game that takes everything out of you. And Northwestern will come with their best shot. I'm sure I'm not worried about that game, but I'm less worried because you get a break. Can't say the same for Purdue who has to then play again Thursday night. And if they win both against Michigan, I know Michigan's kind of struggled, but uh, Trevor, that'd be pretty impressive to me because it just seems like they are ripe for one for one against Michigan. And I think, I think you play a team twice in the span of five days. That's not good for anybody. I actually don't want them to lose today because I don't think yeah. they're losing two games at home in, in four days, but yep. I totally understand and they, they, why. I don't think they will lose this one. I think Thursday's the one they got to worry about. Yep. And, and I mean, from Purdue's perspective, this is a huge week for their, for their title, right? I mean, you're facing the same team twice in five days, and then in between that, you're facing the, your, your best competition for the title. So, I mean, it's a big week for them, and I, I, you know, I, we've talked about the tiebreaker, and I feel like I need to correct myself. You're still going to win a share of the Big Ten even if Purdue goes 2-0 and against you, but you finish with the same conference record. Yeah, so you I still say, get a share. You know, right. So when I say tiebreaker, it's, you know, it's for the Big Ten tournament. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily for your title. Um, so you know, I don't want to call Tuesday house money. It's not. It's huge. But after this win, it kind of feels like, man, I mean, I, I find a hotter team in the Big Ten or in the country right now than Illinois, especially on the defensive end, and roll into Mackey and see what happens. It's, it's like you know, shoot, I, I don't want to play Illinois right now if I'm another team. I would love to see Underwood's record in February. I, it's astronomical. And, and if we... He's 13-2 and two in their last 15 road games in the Big Ten. That's nuts. That is absolutely nuts. So here's how I view it, too, guys. I do really have... Isaac, go ahead, bud. I was just going to say, I really, some days, just have to take a second and stop because... Think about how long you lost to Indiana, right, at at Indiana. Think about – I remember beating a few years ago – remember we beat Ohio State at Ohio State with like Iowa's freshman year Mm -hmm. when you won a couple games on the road. And like that was the best win, um, you know, in the history of Illini athletics it felt like because you could not win on the road. You had that crazy bad Big Ten conference stretch. I think like Trent's – freshman year tied in with the year before when Trent was a freshman and LaRon Black was still there that was just really rough 
But again, like what Trevor just said, you've won 13 of your last, what, 16 Big Ten road games. Like the Big Ten is so hard to play on the road and you've just dominated and almost been perfect on the road. So this it's it's just it's easy to take for granted because we've gotten used to it the past few years. But man, the the past 10 years before that were really, really rough. So every win like this just makes me ecstatic. Well, guys, time to go enjoy the rest of our Saturday. It's it's only, what is it, 120, and we just get the rest of the day to just celebrate and, and, and enjoy how good this team is right now and the fact they just went into Bloomington and they won by 16 freaking points. So that does not happen very much. I'm going to enjoy every bit of that. Um, and then Tuesday night, we'll be back at it. So Trevor, Isaac, if you guys can do me a favor, because I'm completely at a loss for, for a title for this episode, so let's let's text and think of something, and whether it's punny or not, it doesn't really matter. But I, I am, I'm at a loss, um, and we'll talk again on Tuesday night. So Trevor Belise, Isaac Ambrose, we'll see you guys. See ya, Poil. See ya. Adios. Adios. All right, uh, Twitch stream. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'm sorry I haven't been able to communicate too much on the um, chat thread with you guys. My internet down here, like. My wired internet's good, but my Wi-Fi is not. So I think all the Wi-Fi is going from my phone to the Twitch universe, and then I got the Zoom over here. So when I had Twitch open on this, it just got a little bit messed up. But thank you guys. For, and I hope the chat thread is something where you guys can communicate at least. Uh, you know, this is just fun. I mean, what more can you say? I mean, it's February 5th, and Illinois is in first, alone in first in the Big Ten, and a chance to really put some spacing between them and everybody else on Tuesday night. Um they are playing themselves into that top 10 team kind of consideration right now. And just like that, when we were worried, well, we're, we're the quality wins. We're the quality wins. Well, three year last four have been very high quality wins that will help with NCAA tournament seating. And you just keep winning big 10 games. So I, there's nothing to complain about. This team's really good right now. And Brad Underwood's doing some like historic stuff that I haven't seen. I mean, Bill Self didn't win this many road games over X amount of games. And I know Weber had a lot of success his first two years, but there is a different feeling with this because this is something that he had to build from scratch himself. And he's done so, so quickly and so efficiently. I think bodes well long-term, but, and we focus on this team and this year, they got one month to go. And while it is a tough schedule, I, I can't really look at any game and say, yeah, Illinois is not going to win that. You know, they will slip another time or two, but uh, the way they're playing, why should I doubt them? And why should any of us doubt them? So that was fun. And it was not a game that I thought was going to be fun. When we started this podcast an hour and 10 minutes ago, it was a two point Indiana lead and we were doing some kind of sloppy and silly things and yet got the job done. And not only did you get the job done, you only had one by one for me to be ecstatic. You smoked them. Um, We're good. That's that's analysis right there. Illinois is pretty good, and I I have a lot of confidence that they will find their way to at least a share of the Big Ten title, the way they're playing right now. And everything they've had to overcome this year makes this team and this narrative that much more special. So Tuesday night, we'll be back around 9 o'clock for the second half of Illinois-Purdue. If they win that game, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to sleep that night. If they lose, it's going to be hard to go to sleep after that as well. But um, while I anticipate a sleepy Wednesday at school, if Illinois can somehow win, um, I will be one of those sort of like blissfully slap-happy sleepy on Wednesday, as most of you will be when you go to work. If Illinois can somehow go 11-2, and two, beat Purdue, man. Um, and why, why shouldn't I believe that they can do that? 
You know, I know Mackey's a tough place to play, but what they just did today in a in a very tough place to play tells me that this is the perfect time to go and get another road win. All right. Go enjoy the rest of your Saturday. Thank you guys on the Twitch stream. Got to thank DP Doe, Fourth and Kirby, State Farm Agent Brian Hansen, online at brianismyguy.com, and Rector Construction, uh, Alana Inquirer, Champagne Showers Podcast Network, partners with the 200 level. And we will see you guys Tuesday, Illinois Smokes, Indiana. That always feels good. And in this Big Ten title chase, it's even more meaningful. So we will see you in about 72 hours. Take care, everybody. Have a good rest of your weekend. It is the 200 level. Peace.